Hello and welcome once again to another edition of Wellbeing. I'm Iris Nichols. With me in the studio today, I have a man whose life is busy looking after the health of others. He spent many years studying and working as a chiropractor. To tell me a little about his profession and the way it works and why this month is special, I have with me Jason Gerries. Jason, thanks for being with us today and welcome to the program. I know that you have some specific information about Vertebral Subluxation Awareness Month, but I thought we might start with some background of your work. I know that a lot of people think of chiropractors as someone who will adjust the spine and that will fix their problem. So let's start with the obvious question. What is a chiropractor? What a chiropractor is, Iris, is a healthcare professional who is an expert in the biomechanics of the spine and how that relates to your nervous system. And really what a chiropractor is, is an expert in health. And I hope that will unfold a little bit more as, as we go along. How long ago since chiropracting, if that's the correct word, chiropractic, um, started? Chiropractic started in a small town called Davenport, Iowa in the United States. Uh, The first historical adjustment of somebody's spine was in 1895 by Dr. Dee Dee Palmer. And uh, interestingly enough, the person, he didn't have a back complaint. He actually had a hearing issue. And with the adjustment, he restored his hearing. And this is something that we see still happening today. So how would that come about? He simply released the nerve that was affecting his hearing? Exactly. Affected nerves in his neck uh, by doing an adjustment on his spine, restored normal function back to to um, his ear, his middle ear, and could okay. hear again. Hmm. Does this happen with other conditions? I mean, is it a regular thing that happens with other conditions, like losing your hearing? One thing that, that people really need to understand uh, about chiropractic is that chiropractors don't treat disease. All right. What chiropractors are specialists in is identifying a problem called vertebral subluxation, which is really a very potentially crippling and devastating condition. Uh, it, it impacts the bones of your spine and it affects your nervous system. Now, depending on what part of your spine, and if, if, you, if you could picture your spine being like a circuit breaker, mm-hmm. all right, with a number of yes. different switches, um, different parts of your spine have different nerves that go to different parts of your body. So if you have a subluxation, say, lower down in your lower back, it could give you leg pain. It might cause constipation. It might cause fertility issues. If you have one up at the very top of your spine, well, those are nerves that go back to your head, and it can cause headaches. And this has actually been confirmed by research done right here at the University of Newcastle. Uh, It can cause things like science congestion, hearing problems, um, visual problems, earaches in little children. So subluxation is the only thing that a good chiropractor will diagnose and aim to correct. How long did it take you to qualify? Is it a long degree? Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Let's see. I I studied it uh, in my home country of Canada at the Canadian Memorial Chiropractic College. That was a four and a half year academic program. Plus, I did uh, another four years bachelor program in genetics at the University of Alberta. So in Canada, it's it's eight and a half years to become a chiropractor, uh, the identical amount of time that it takes for a medical doctor. In Australia, the program is five years, and it's a double degree, again, very similar to medicine. So what's interesting to understand is that chiropractors have the same exact curriculum in in the first few years of the program as medical doctors do understanding things like anatomy physiology microbiology pathology a complete understanding of of the human body Um, all of that stuff chemistry uh, biochemistry all of that 
is all part of our qualification. In order to be an expert in health, we need to understand fully how the human body works. So right down to, to physics of it as well. The whole thing. What would you consider a good time to start consulting a chiropractor? Well, considering I... My wife just gave birth to our second child, young Clayton, uh, all nine pounds and eight ounces of him. Uh, what I can tell you is that uh, before he had anything else checked, he had his spine checked 30 minutes after delivery. And this is when people should be getting checked first for vertebral subluxation. There is a, a huge amount of research that, or a growing body of research now showing that birth trauma it has the most significant impact in terms of people's health and specifically for subluxation in their spine. Uh, a recent study uh, from the late 90s by a fellow named Fryman did a, a study of 1,250 babies, checked them after birth, and found that 95% of them had some form of, of cervical strain or damage to the bones in the upper part of their spine. Most of these children had signs of um, not bonding with their mother, not suckling properly, irritable, and that within a matter of minutes of doing adjustments on their spine to correct that, these children were becoming happy, bonding with their mother, started suckling again. Okay, There's even research going back to the late 60s by a fellow at Harvard uh, who, who did this and found that this is where children, all people, need to be checked to stop this very crippling decay process that happens with subluxation. We're talking about subluxation, but exactly what is it? What a subluxation, very simply, is when somebody's spine is not in the proper alignment and that puts pressure on nerves. Your nervous system is the most important system of your body. It controls everything, all functions, every single cell and tissue in your body. So if you have a subluxation, it's affecting your nervous system. You're not going to be healthy. And the important thing to understand is that you may not feel this problem. It can be asymptomatic in up to 90% of cases. So that's a very simple answer of what subluxation is. Obviously, it can get very detailed. Is it ever too late to start visiting a chiropractor? Yes, unfortunately. Um, for some people, and it has happened uh, recently in my practice where I've had people that have such incredible damage to their spine, years and years of neglect, that I have to tell them, I'm sorry, I, I really can't help you anymore. And obviously, it's heartbreaking when that happens. Mm -hmm. you, you, you really hate to have to tell somebody that kind of news. Do you ever have occasion when someone comes to you almost as a last resort, having been to a medical practitioner and told, I can't do anything for you? Probably 30 times a week. And I get very tired of hearing that because people are very misinformed. And uh, miracles, I, I can't describe any other word for it that people experience within a very short period of time when they learn the truth about subluxation, about their health and where their problems are coming from. What's your overall advice? Is simply to get in and have your, your whole of your body checked just to see where you're going? Everybody that has a spine should have their spine checked at least once professionally by a corrective type of chiropractor. My guest today in Wellbeing is Jason Gerries. Jason is a chiropractor. Jason, you say that doctors don't study vertebral subluxation in medical schools. Is this really true? Unfortunately, yeah. And I'm not sure why, because there's so much research, medical, chiropractic, and otherwise to show that it exists. Uh, the problems that it causes, it's so widely known, yet still people coming out of medical schools have 
no understanding of what the problem is and how people would be able to correct it, which, which is really sad. Do you think that this will improve in time? Hope so. Our profession has always taken great steps to improve our relations within the healthcare community. Unfortunately, there is a hundred and odd years of, um, I guess, bias that, that really there's no justification for. In uh, North America and in Australia, there at times has been incredible pressure to um, stop chiropractors from, from helping people, and I'm not sure the logic behind that. Um, but that's all in the past. We're moving forward. The profession's getting stronger every day. The second largest um, primary contact body, healthcare's largest drugless practitioners on the planet. And that's really important to understand. Um, chiropractors promote health from inside. And when I say that chiropractors are experts in health, we teach people how to be healthy. Other professions focus on sickness and study sickness very specifically. Our goal is to study and teach people what it takes for you to be healthy so that you don't get sick in the first place. So you're working on the side of prevention rather than cure? Yes. So why do you think doctors don't study it? I'm not really certain. Uh, doctors have their hands full. and I, w I really um, don't envy them for the work that they have to do. And, and the fact of the matter is there is so much to know about the human body. Um, you can't possibly know everything. And anybody that either implies that they do or states that they do, you need to run away from those type of people. Um, chiropractors are very, very specific. Subluxation, that's it. If your problem is coming from a subluxation, as we correct your subluxations, if your headaches go away, we know where it was coming from. If not, let's find out what else is going on. But 98% of the time, we hit the money. Somebody comes to see you and they're complaining of whatever. Where do you start to look as far as their spine is concerned? Posture. Your posture is the window into your health because it's a window into your spine. And that is the first place that anybody should be looking. And if people are suspecting maybe they have this problem, they should be looking at their posture and their posture habits. It's an integral part of my exam, and it's the most important thing that I look at before we go on to take x-rays and, and actually confirm the presence of this problem. If I came to see you and stated I had a particular problem, where would you start if I walked into your consulting room and said, Jason, I'm not feeling very well, um, I'm not sure what's wrong with me, where would you start? Well, we'd start with a history. We'd start with some uh, other neurological tests, take some posture pictures to actually assess what your neutral posture is. Uh, look at those posture pictures from there. Do uh, a palpation exam of the spine to determine any motion problems which indicate subluxation. And if everything is adding up from there, then it's time to take x-rays. So the whole examination process takes about half an hour. Fairly comprehensive. And then what? Then you start on working on the treatment, presumably. Well, we have to look at the x-rays and, and invite you back to review your findings and assuming that you have a problem that we can help you with, which is subluxation, mm. uh, and you're suitable for care, we can accept you, then it's time to start correcting the problem. How can bad posture affect your health? Well, as, as I've already said, posture is a window into your spine, and by looking at people's posture, we, we already have a fairly good idea of what your um, spine will be doing and obviously what your nervous system will be doing. There is a, a, a growing body of research showing that posture is related to incredibly 
bad disease processes that happen in your body. Um, the one study that I'm thinking of by a fellow named Milne in the United States studied a population of, of 200 geriatric patients, um, measured the um, you know how older people tend to slouch and they have that really big hump in their back or the, the dowager's hump? Uh, that's what we call a kyphosis or a, an exaggerated curve in the, in the spine. What he found is that people that had that exaggerated kyphosis, not only did they have more disease as a whole in their body, but they also had a shorter lifespan. And the problem with this is that, and this is why children need to be checked, because if you know any children and they have PlayStations or Xboxes, you know what their posture looks like. What do people look like when they sit at computers? Head forward, shoulders down. This is where the problem is starting. And we know how neurologically this leads to a shorter lifespan, um, increased infirmity, increased disease. What sort of warning signs would I have if I had the problem? Well, if you have subluxation, again, it's going to depend on where in your spine it actually is occurring. We know that, you know, like a short list of warning signs can be things like back pain or leg pain, asthma, um, hearing difficulties, headaches, neck pain, shoulder pain. I mean, literally, there's there's dozens of different symptoms. But again, the the scary thing is that you won't get any symptoms 90% of the time. And uh, that's not just true of subluxation, but that's things like heart disease and cancer as well. You have a problem, you will have a tumor, you will have clogged arteries a long time before you'll ever get the warning signs. So what we we emphasize, obviously, is is making sure you don't get to that point in the first place. If somebody doesn't have any warning signs, they should be looking at their posture. And if their posture is off balance, then they need to get it checked. I guess that would cover a large proportion of the population who do not have good posture. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it is absolutely epidemic. And I'm sure when you were growing up and, and when I was growing up, I had teachers that would you know, came me almost to sit up straight and same thing with my parents. That doesn't happen anymore. We don't see this being taught in schools. Uh, we don't see parents teaching their children about posture anymore. And that's why I see children coming into my office, you know, three years old that have been on antibiotics five or six times in a year, um, still complaining of, of asthma problems and ear infections when we know that, um, both of those things are, are helped or amenable by correcting vertebral subluxation. So kids can get it too, can start in, in little kids. Absolutely. That's why my children have been checked right after birth. How early should, I mean, you talk about your own children being checked at birth mm -hmm. um, and obviously through their formative years. For the average person in, in the street who's worried about this, if they come to you when the baby's tiny, for example, how often would you like to see a baby as it continues to grow? Usually, I mean, monthly would be ideal mm. for a child. Uh, we have research showing that within a two-week period, and this is done by a medical researcher, and I'm sorry his name escapes me, that, that with subluxation, um, pressure gets put back on the nerves. And within two weeks of that pressure on that nerve, cells start to decay the actual communication be between cells in a tissue starts to decay. So if, if our goal is optimal health, which is what my goal is for everybody, especially my patients, that um, you don't want that decay to even start. So more frequently, the better. And the thing with children is they have significant trauma to their spine, not just from the birth process, but things like learning how to walk, 
And the average child, by the time they have reached the age of three, 1,500 traumas to their spine. It's very common to see a, a little one who's learning to walk suddenly fall back and sit on their bottoms. Absolutely. So that jars the spine all the way through. Yeah, and that sends a shockwave straight from your tailbone to your head. So mm. what people need to think about their spines, they need to think about their spine like um, their lawnmower or their garden or their hair or their teeth. Um, you brush your teeth right from the day you have teeth. If you don't, you get dentures. If you don't look after your spine, well, I'm sorry, there's no replacement parts. I'm Iris Nichols. Jason Gerries is my guest today on Wellbeing, and we're talking about vertebral subluxation. And in fact, this week or this month is Vertebral Subluxation Awareness Month. Exactly what is all that about, Jason? What we're trying to do in the profession is to create awareness for a condition that very few people know anything about. You'll never see a drug company advertising for it on television. You probably won't hear about it from your, your family doctor. And unfortunately, it affects virtually everybody with a spine. We know that there's um, a long-term degenerative decay that's associated with it that is very crippling. And before that happens, it, it affects your health because it puts pressure on nerves um, that control virtually every cell and tissue in your body all right you mentioned earlier about the forward head posture i think you you mentioned about the kids sitting playing the computer games and even sitting at a computer what sort of problems can that lead to just that one action that that's really uh very important iris that that particular pattern of that forward head posture and and if somebody could visualize or if they're looking at somebody from their side what they should see is that the the whole of their ear should be right over their their shoulder most people carry their head well forward that puts incredible pressure on the spinal cord it affects people's immune system it um, damages nerves that actually go up to your head and there's a lot of you know conditions that are associated with this we talked about how it develops that hunchback or that dowager's hump before that you're going to notice things like headaches and there's a study that was done by a researcher named braff and this is in 1975 and this was published in the uh, journal of trauma studied 6,000 headache sufferers and what he found that every single one of them that they had in common was they had this forward head posture and a, and a subsequent loss of the normal alignment in their spine common to 6,000 headache sufferers. So we know that we can put that together as simply as putting two and two together. We see that on x-rays. I can almost 100% of the time tell people I know where your headaches are coming from. So this this has huge ramifications because um, that is one of the most common reasons that people go into their family doctor's office right now is for headaches. Um, pain medication will not fix the problem. Panadol People don't have a deficiency in Panadol. That's not what's causing the headaches. It's a, it's a lack of nerve flow, and we know exactly how that happens. Would this also apply to people who do a lot of um, driving, sitting hunched over the steering wheel? I was thinking about people who don't own a computer or don't have children who sit and play the, the games. But I guess almost everything we do is governed by the way we stand or sit. That's right. People that, that do work at a desk that are not necessarily looking at a computer but looking down or looking down doing gardening, uh, you know, the way people drive, the way people sit on their couches. If you lie on your back with a pillow under the back of your head, that's creating that forward head posture, all right? And that affects not just your neck and things like headaches, but, again, that will affect the whole health of, of the entire rest of your body. We know that that actually tensions the spinal cord, which is a lifeline between your brain 
and everything else. You mentioned about having a pillow under your head. What would you recommend for sleeping, night sleeping? What we do at my office, and it is a huge part of helping people achieve optimal health, is teach them how to be healthy. And uh, the workshops that we actually do comprehensively cover everything that there is to do with health and wellness. And I can quite honestly say that the things that we teach, and there are other chiropractors like myself that practice very similarly, nobody is going to get a better definition of wellness and a better understanding of health than what we teach at our workshops. It includes everything. So we teach things like nutrition. We do teach things about posture. We teach things about exercise. We talk about your attitude towards life, all of these things, and a whole lot more. Uh, the workshops are, are essential. And, and we encourage people to be proactive and really learn about your health and not just take things as they're, they're dictated to you as, as dogma, but you actually have to learn and we point people in the right direction that way. You mentioned also about the correlation between subluxation and asthma. Can mm. you sort of go into that a bit more? Absolutely. Um, what, what we need to know about asthma, what, asthma is just a symptom. Okay. Um, in some cases, it is an actual disease that needs to be addressed. But for some people, it is purely a symptom of nerve pressure or of this problem of subluxation. So there are nerves that come off your spine that go to your lungs. If there's pressure on them, your lungs are not going to function properly and you can have a symptom of asthma. So for some people, and actually a fair few people, we can actually help them um, manage their asthma a lot better, reduce the amount of medication they're taking, if not give it up completely. And I, I mean, I can think of a number of cases in my, my own practice. Uh, there's a fellow in uh, 1997, R.L. Graham, published in the Journal of Vertebral Subluxation Research, did a study on 81 kids with asthma. And over a 60-day period of care, what he noticed is that 90.1% of them showed very significant uh, improvement in their asthma symptoms. Do you teach children's health as part of your teaching area, if you like, of your practice? Absolutely. It, it, it has to start with children. This To avoid the, the devastating effects of this condition, it needs to start very, very early. I've seen people as young as 16 have advanced subluxation decay, which um, is also known as osteoarthritis, where the bones are fusing together. Someone 16 years old, um, and that, that's not old. And what I hear from other people coming in that they hear from other practitioners is that, um, oh, that's just getting old. But how can a, a 16-year-old have it? It, it? That's not old. So it has to start with children. And um, we, we endeavor to teach parents how to be better parents to help their children be healthy. Jason, we've talked about your practice. Having listened to this program, for anyone who's further afield and would like to contact um, a practitioner of similar understanding, is there a... a a state number or a national number where people can contact and make contact and find out about chiropractors? I uh, actually have the opportunity to train with the top chiropractors and the top corrective and wellness chiropractors in the country. Uh, we meet very regularly. Uh, just a brilliant group of people, uh, the, the kindest and most compassionate people that I know. And they're scattered all throughout the country, and I know where other people can get a hold of these chiropractors. Um, I've got a phone number, 03 
5451. Whatever, regardless of what your local area is, if you call this number, speak to either Di or Shannon. They'll be able to tell you uh, where you'll be able to find uh, the right kind of chiropractor to help you out. That number again, then, Jason, is 03 5174 5451. And talk to Di. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Always a pleasure. My guest today has been Jason Gerries, and we've been talking about Vertebral Subluxation Awareness Month, amongst other things. Jason, thank you for coming in. Thank you for being my guest. And uh, from all of us here on the team, this is Iris Nichols wishing you the best of health.